It is first and moose on United to the Moose. I'm Connor Taylor with me, Mark Schoenster and Ethan Collins. It's been about a month break since we've recorded a podcast episode. Some big things have happened. Some not so big things have happened, but we're here in the off season. How are you guys doing? How do you expect this off season to go? It's, is it going to be weird? The same old, same old? Well, I mean, we've already had some pretty interesting things happen with quarterback shifting around even before the playoffs ended. Um, outside of that, I mean, every year we anticipate a lot of things to happen and then not it's only like two or three big things. And then the rest of it's just sort of pieces moving around a little bit. But I mean, I think it's going to be quite a while before we get to the point in the NFL where players are getting swapped around like in the NBA or uh, or when there's exchanges like in soccer all the time. I mean, uh, we, we anticipate these things and think they're coming. And then suddenly some things get brushed under the rug and don't end up being a storyline until later. But I mean, I guess it is trending in the direction of more moves happening off season by off season. Yeah. It's, it's, it's mainly a lot of rumors uh, at this point. Um, the offseason really hasn't officially started yet. I mean, I know there's been some trades and some free agency signings getting ready to go underway here. But uh, like you said, Mark, uh, the NFL is really trying to be like the big boys when it comes to the offseason in uh, free agency market and in trades. But to tell you the truth, a lot of this is dictated by the NFL draft. And we really won't have a good idea of what's going to happen in this NFL offseason until we get through the NFL draft. Well, today we are jumping into AFC biggest needs for every team. And we'll just go one by one and discuss what we think are the biggest needs. These teams need to improve, make the playoffs, make a Super Bowl push and so on and so on. I've got the AFC North up first and the Ravens. And I thought, my biggest need for them is just a reliable go-to guy and wide receiver overall. I don't think right now Lamar Jackson doesn't really have a clutch wide receiver. He's got some good speed options. Uh, Mark Andrews is okay at tight end, but he doesn't have someone where you get in those sticky situations that he can trust. And there's plenty of options in free agency. I mean, this free agent wide receiver class is, is very good. So I think they can fill this need. And if they don't, I think we're, we possibly could see a similar Ravens offense with not much growth. Yeah, yeah I have uh, the Ravens taking a wide receiver in the first round with the number 27 pick. Um, as far I, – I do agree. I think they need just kind of a vertical threat. Marquise Brown uh, can really go into that slot position a little bit better and uh, the short yardage game and yard, yards after the catch. But they need a guy who can just, you know, catch the deep ball, I guess you could say. And Lamar Jackson – uh, I, I guess you could say is, is sometimes inconsistent with his deep ball throw, but uh, that's certainly an area that he, uh, that he will improve on, I think. And uh, to do that, you have to get him some help at the wide receiver position. So I have them picking actually Terrence Marshall out of LSU. He's uh, one of the uh, few wide receivers that are picked in the first round uh, outside of the uh, main stars that we have. And uh, I think he'll be a good choice for them uh, for the future. Yeah, I think wide receiver in general is what they're looking for here. Um, I, I mean, I can't really add too much else. I think maybe if you want to find another piece, maybe another linebacker to add to depth there. But outside of that, this Ravens team is pretty well stacked at this point. The O-line's good. Maybe you add some depth to the O-line as well, because that's always a good place to go mm -hmm. whenever uh, a season could get derailed rather quickly if you have some O-line injury issues. But uh, outside of that, I mean, this Ram Rams, this Ravens team has, I mean, from top to bottom is got just about everything except for at wide receiver, which is really clearly their only uh, weak spot roster wise. Yeah, there, there's some teams when I was preparing for this podcast that there's just they don't have a bunch of glaring needs. There's only a couple of those teams, but I thought the Ravens were one of those where it was like wide receiver. But other than that, they don't need to be out there looking for too much. But Next one I have up is the Steelers, and I, I get they signed Big Ben, but to me they're so you could say that's not their biggest need, but it's it's their biggest need moving forward. I mean, Big Ben, good run overall, I guess, 
But if, if we're looking outside of quarterback, I think it's running back. I think the defense is still going to be one that wins, wins the football game for them. And they just need someone to con- control the clock and take as much pressure off a uh, old Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. Uh, I think they need a running back as well. They're actually the only uh, team that I have picking a running back in the first round, and that's Najee Harris out of Alabama. Um, they need a quarterback, but they're not going to take one. That, that that's just that's just a fact because uh, they they've re-signed Big Ben. Uh, I think they won't take one this draft, but they'll take one next draft, uh, depending on how the season goes. Regard uh, regardless of how the season goes, uh, if Big Ben does pretty well, they'll take a quarterback in probably the uh, fourth or fifth round. Uh, but if the season does not go well and they finish like second to last or even possibly last in their division, um, they will probably pick a quarterback in the first round. Rushing was a huge issue for the Steelers this past season, but I think the bigger issue is on the offensive line and helping bolster the run protection uh, when it comes to the O-line. I still think James James Conner has got something left in him. He's not an uh, end-all, be-all running back solution for the Steelers, but I think the bigger issue is how they've been blocking in the run game. And, I mean... You could bolster your defensive depth as well as players start to get contracts elsewhere for loads of money. Um, but I mean, the quarterback situation, that's, this is a really ugly situation for the Steelers where you don't want to let go of the guy who's won you two Super Bowls, but he's entirely holding your team back from moving on and going on to the next step of your franchise and, and going into a new era of Steelers football. He's kind of, I mean, he threw four interceptions in the last game out. And I thought that was his ungraceful ending in Pittsburgh, but they've decided to keep it for another year. I think it's just prolonging the changing process. Yeah. It kind of comparing it to basketball just felt like a Kobe signing where they, I know they're not paying him as extreme amounts as they were paying Kobe at the end of his career, but it's like, he's just holding the team back and you're just doing it because it means so much to the city, but this is what you got to do when a guy got you two Super Bowls. The Browns, Ethan Collins, what, what do you have since you've got your Browns hat and your Brown shirt on right now? Well, uh, secondary, 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 secondary. Uh, we are not good at defending the pass right now. Uh, so I have a lot of uh, cornerbacks and uh, safeties. Uh, maybe a bit of a hot take, but I always thought that Carl Joseph should be moved to linebacker, especially with the lack of depth and star power that we have at linebacker and his ability to open field tackle. Uh, I don't think he's a very big target when it uh, comes to the uh, passing game. So I think they should probably take a safety in the draft. However, um, in terms of the cornerback position, I think they should reach into free agency, possibly go for a Richard Sherman, uh, so, uh, somebody who's a vet, uh, proven veteran and can uh, keep guys like uh, Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams together. I think Greedy Williams would be much better as a nickel corner rather than the uh, second uh, the second corner. So, But Denzel Ward is for sure your number one guy. Um, I also have them taking another corner in the draft. I love Sean Wade out of Ohio State. Uh, I think he could be a critical piece to the puzzle when it comes to the future of this secondary and uh, having two Ohio State uh defensive backs in the uh, secondary I think could really help and he's a guy that you can pick up in the uh, fourth round or third round and uh, really get a lot out of him you know Ethan I you alluded to the linebacking position and I think that's somewhere where you could draft a linebacker in the first round if that's what you want if Sean Wade's not on the board uh, a linebacking talent would be good but on top of that I think the Browns have the luxury right now where outside of Maybe the secondary, they had some injury issues in the secondary last year and maybe figuring out a replacement for Sendejo. Um, I think that the Browns in this draft have the luxury of just picking who they think is the most talented player in the draft because offensively, they've pretty much got pieces everywhere. Maybe you want a wide receiver once Odell or Jarvis is gone. Um, and then elsewhere, you've got talent on in each level of the playing field. And so you can just take the draft to pick the guys you think are the best guys and just make your team overall better. And I think that yeah. that's a good sp- spot for the Browns to be in right now, especially uh, alluding to the shirt. We were talking about it before the game. It says rebuilding since 1964. This is finally a team that's not in a rebuild phase. This is a team that's just trying to 
to level up and load up and be ready to get even deeper in the playoffs. Yeah, and I do have them taking a linebacker in the uh, first round, the uh, linebacker out of Notre Dame. I believe his name is uh, Kamoa. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, so uh, so it, it, it's a tough situation uh, for me to say, uh, to say this because I've never actually said this as a Browns fan. I'm just going to sit back and kind of let the GMs do their work because they've done a pretty good job to get us in this position. Normally you're sitting there and you're, you're pulling your hair out and saying, you know, we need this and we need this, you know, and uh, don't pick a quarterback because we've gone through too many quarterbacks uh, in the draft. And now we finally have the quarterback uh, of our franchise and we finally have the offense that we want in our franchise. I really just think it's uh, uh, fine tuning these pieces together to really push uh, towards a deep playoff run. How do you feel about like a defensive end to pair up with Garrett or would that be, or do you think there's bigger issues right now? Or do you think like a dynamic duo would help the secondary a lot? So I think it's, uh, I remember a lot of people asking me in the off season, do you, uh, uh, that JJ Watt uh, should go to the Browns. And that was the biggest rumor. I didn't want JJ Watt because Number one, he's a lot of money that you got to pay. So you got to find a diamond in the rough uh, kind of defensive end to pair with Miles Garrett that he's probably going to play against the um, better tackle on the offensive line and can get to the quarterback still, but is still not as good as Miles Garrett. So it's a tough solution to kind of crack, personally, myself. I think you should just keep the defensive end that you have in Vernon. Uh, I really like him as, as opposed to uh, picking somebody up in the draft or picking somebody up in free agency. All right, let's move on to those Cardi Bengals right now. And I think it's protecting Joe Burrow. Got to go offensive line, free agency, the draft. They need to do it, at least get a couple guys in there because Burrow was under pressure on 32.2% of his dropbacks uh, last season. Uh, Cincinnati's offensive line as a group combined to surrender 181 total pressures and rank 27th in the league in pass blocking efficiency. And I think we found out last year that Joe Burrow is definitely here to stay. And the only thing that's holding him back would be protection in all honesty. So they need to protect Joe Burrow. Yeah, I agree, uh, Connor. Just about anybody on that O-line not named Jonah Williams is replaceable. And so I think that outside of that, you you work from there. And I mean, I'd love to see Quentin Spain, a WVU alum, continue to do well. But I mean, he's also replaceable on that line. He hasn't been too great in Cincinnati. And really, you want to protect your franchise guy. I know that that's said a lot, but that's step one. I don't care how good your team is. If your quarterback cannot perform, your number one overall pick can't perform, then you're not going to win football games. You can win games with a shoddy offense outside of a decent line and a good quarterback because a good quarterback will make the rest of the team great. And this is not even a bad offense if you fix the O-line because then you've got Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, you've got Joe Mixon in the backfield. Tight end could be better, but once you have an O-line and you allow Joe Burrow to win games for you, you're going to win games defensively. They're kind of a mess. And so you, you could pretty much draft a player in any position defensively, and you would be improving the team. So if you have the opportunity in the later rounds to, or in the free agency to find a talented defensive playmaker, you pick them up because you just need talent on that side of the ball. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they need to protect Joe Burrow. And uh, I, I know this kind of goes without saying, but you're basically kind of playing chicken with the rest of the uh, NFL draft uh, to see if you can get Penny Sewell on your squad. Because that's that's who the Bengals want, but they uh, – and really the only team that could possibly pick him in this draft that has the pick right now is the Miami Dolphins. They could pick up Penny Sewell. Uh, he's a once-in-a-lifetime – uh, draft kind of prospect. I, I know they've been talking about Rashawn Slater. He's also a pretty good prospect when it comes to the offensive line. Um, but I agree, Mark. I think I think you do need to uh, fine-tune the defense in pretty much every position but the defensive line. Linebackers and secondary definitely need help. Uh, and I really don't think that they could um, go 
uh, go without going to a uh, another wide receiver. If they find one that they like in the later rounds, I think they should pick another one because uh, it, it, it always helps to have throwing targets to uh, for Joe Burrow. But uh, my biggest thing about it is, is that, and Mark, you, you can attest this to much as anybody, if you don't protect your quarterback, you're going to waste a once-in-a-generational talent. I mean, look at Andrew Luck. He didn't have an O-line, and he got beaten to the point to where he could not play anymore. And that – when I saw Joe Burrow go down with injury, that that's just what it reminded me of. Now, I think Joe Burrow um, cares a little bit more about, um, I guess you could say, playing playing for a longer time than Andrew Luck did. Andrew Luck obviously had a lot of uh, stuff that he wanted to do outside of football, and Joe Burrow is completely focused on that kind of stuff, but. The fact of the matter is, is that the Cincinnati Bengals really need to not waste this guy's career because this is a potential Hall of Famer. And we've seen that just in the first year of the franchise uh, of Joe Burrow in the franchise. Do you guys think that it's doable to shore up this offensive line in free agency in the draft and make it where we see a pretty big jump this offseason for the Bengals offense and Joe Burrow, depending on how he recovers? Well, I think that if you add a piece or two, you can go from being terrible to serviceable. And I think that will show a significant jump. It, it takes a couple years to build a good offensive line, but you could still <laughs> improve in one offseason for what you put on the, pro- the product you put on the field last year. Like this was maybe the worst offensive line in the NFL. And so any addition of talent and, and, and cohesion and, and just better playmakers on the front line is going to make a world of difference. It's, it's going to take some time. You're probably going to draft some players who maybe won't start immediately. And then you get some free agents to plug the holes, but that has to be what you're going for. You have to make the goal. We're going to have a decent or not even a decent, a serviceable offensive line. So then Joe Burrow does not get murdered game after game and can actually develop as a quarterback and become that, Hall of Famer that Ethan seems to think he is, and maybe he is. I mean, I don't know. Uh, he's only been a rookie, so things could change. But you got to give him a shot, though. I mean, he's not going to get that chance if he's getting harassed play after play. Yeah, offensive line is a is a multi year project. Uh, I don't think that they can make it a good offensive line in one year. I think they can make it an okay offensive line in a year. But the fact of the matter is, is, is that they are in a pretty stacked division when it comes to possibly making a run at the playoffs. This is a team that is still in rebuild mode, and they probably will be for the next two, two to three years, I would say, because in my opinion, the Steelers are still better than them, and the, Ra- and the Ravens and the Browns are, are, are both better than them as well. Um, so this is going to be a multi-year project. So uh, I, I think the front office really needs to be patient and uh, know that things aren't going to change immediately. But you need to protect Joe Burrow. You need to protect your franchise quarterback. Let's ha- jump into the AFC West with the Chiefs. Mark, what, what do they need? I don't feel like they have a bunch of glaring issues, but kind of just like shoring up some positions from what I was looking at. Yeah, Connor. I mean, the big thing has got to be, I mean, you were the Super Bowl favorite the entire season and then you get blown out in the Super Bowl. What happened? Well, what happened was is that Patrick Mahomes couldn't see the light of day in his pocket. And so you need offensive line help first and foremost. Granted, they had some they had some issues throughout the season with the O-line um, injuries also didn't help. But the fact of the matter was throughout the season, there was a little bit of a concern with the O-line, but it didn't seem to matter because Mahomes was able to make it work. But suddenly he wasn't able to make it work when you know his receivers had an off day. It was, it was an off day for the receiving core for the Chiefs. I don't think that's an issue. But the offensive line, that's the lesson you learned. Fix that. And also maybe pick up some talent on the front seven on the defensive half of the ball. Create some more pressure. Uh, do better in the run defense. Uh, this is a team that will compete for a Super Bowl again next season, but make it so you don't lose that game and you 
have a better O-line for Patrick Mahomes to make it work so he doesn't have to be Superman uh, come Super Bowl 56? Yeah, uh, I, I tend to agree. I think they need to go into offensive line depth. I have them picking Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State in the first round. Um, I also think that they would not be too remiss to take a wide receiver in the later rounds. If they, But at the same time, the Chiefs are in kind of the same position that we talked about with the Browns, is, is that they can take whatever uh, trades they want to in the draft and pretty much say when it's our turn, okay, who's the best athlete? Who's the best available player that we have right now? And unless it's like a quarterback or a slot wide receiver, you could just go ahead and take them because it's only going to help your team. This, uh, this is a team that is probably uh, going to just work on fine-tuning a uh, their Super Bowl uh, play, uh, playing to get back there. And I, I, I really do think that this is a team that is probably going to uh, bring in another dynasty, at least until these superstars like Tyree kill and uh, Travis Kelsey uh, go into free agency and could possibly go to another team. I definitely think that wide receiver would make sense in the later rounds. I was reading some things that they were saying like that was their biggest need but I tend to think that's probably just the the bad taste left in people's mouths uh, from that game where there's a bunch of drop passes and, and mistakes ultimately. But I think offensive line, big need, and then D-line as well. Broncos, sadly quarterback. And it sucks because we thought maybe we would, we would figure it out this year, but it doesn't feel like anything was, was figured out this year much. I mean, Drew Locke didn't have a chance to really prove himself. And when he got the tiny bit of chances, he – didn't have it. So now they're in that same area they were in the beginning of the season. And I think that's has a good shot at making Drew Locke lose his job and making that the most necessary necessary thing they need to fill this offseason. I don't know if I agree with that. I think I'm not a Drew Locke fan, but this past season was a bit wonky, I think. And also, I don't know if there's a better solution than Drew Locke right now for the Broncos because they're not going to get their hands on Deshaun Watson. They're not going to get their hands on one of the on Matt Stafford. And I don't think that they're in a good draft position to get a good quarterback either. So, I mean, I think you stick with Locke for another year and you work on bolstering the defensive line for the run game, the right half of the O-line, maybe another cornerback and make this roster complete. And then you just need to find the quarterback to plug it in if it's not Drew Locke. This Broncos team is going to be talented this next season and they're going to be competitive and if Drew Locke can't make that work, and, and I know some people have already given up on him and don't think he deserves another chance. I think he does. Um, he showed flashes last year where he had, like, he had a fantastic game against Carolina. It was fantastic near the end of the season. And I know you can't just base things off of one game, but my thing is I don't know where the solution is for Denver outside of Drew Locke. And so I feel like you give this guy one more year and you do everything with your roster. You get Cortland Sutton back, whom they desperately missed last season, and maybe give it one more shot. I, I tend to agree, Mark. They're in a position to where they can't really take a quarterback, especially in the first round. Uh, if you're not in the top four, you're probably not going to get your franchise quarterback in this draft. And, and I, I know that seems odd to say, but everybody should know – that you don't need to take a quarterback in this draft, even if it's a glaring need. Like the Falcons, a lot of people have them taking a quarterback in this draft, and I really don't think that they should. I think they should pay Matt Ryan until he's a free agent and possibly tank a little bit, I guess you could say, and then get a quarterback to replace him when he's a free agent and plug him in as a starter. I think Drew Locke, though I don't know if he's deserving of another year, I think you're just going to have to, I guess, just suck it up and basically uh, do do with him because he's the best option that you have right now. And uh, unfortunately, since he's done so much for the team in the past few years, I think it might be time to move on from Vaughn Miller because he's trade bait. And you could possibly uh, get maybe even a first-round pick out of him. Um I, I think another glaring need for these guys is in the secondary. 
they they have the ninth picks or uh, a top ten pick, so they could pick the number one cornerback in this draft in Caleb Farley. So, with that said, I think you need to address some of your other needs in this team and fine tune it. See if Drew Locke uh, deserves another shot, and then if he isn't, move on and pick another quarterback in another draft. I think one thing I believe you mentioned it. Ethan talking about a lot of teams showing at least in mock drafts taking quarterbacks and I think we're gonna we're probably gonna see a, a lot of bust this year at QB in the draft because it seems like teams are, are willing to pick quarterbacks that aren't for sure uh, gonna be starters which I think will be really interesting because there's bust every year but I think this year has a high tendency to have a lot of bust but we can jump into the Raiders, and it's on the defensive side. Pass rush, I mean, they had only 21 sacks last year. They ranked 29th in that, 15th in pressure. And then you also need help in the secondary as well. I mean, those guys did not rate well as well. And I just think it's it's going to be a, a lot of – they need to build a lot on that side of the ball. I think John Gruden, you can say, hey, we're paying a lot of money. We're not going to – you don't need necessarily apparently as much as help on offense because that's what you're paying them for. So he better be able to figure out with less. And I think that defensive side just needs, honestly, a, a ton that I think they thought maybe they would take a jump, but they did not. Yeah, defense, defense, defense. My thought when I was looking at that depth chart uh, for the Raiders is you can replace anyone on that defense whose name isn't Max Crosby. I think every player, there's some maybe more replaceable than others. Like Corey Littleton is all right, but he definitely is not living up to expectations. Um, but every single piece on that defensive side of the ball could be replaced with someone better easily. And so you, you just got to take talent. You got to find guys who can make it work and, and make some plays for you on defense for Pete's sake, your offense tried to bail you out so many times this past season. And I mean, the, the perfect example of that was that Miami dolphins game near the end of the year where, I mean, the end of the game was just busted play after busted play. And then a terrible defensive penalty to put them into field goal range to lose the game. It's you, you just need to find playmakers on that side of the ball because that offense has got a lot of speed, a lot of talent, a lot of playmakers. So you really don't need to be worrying about that half. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think the, the biggest uh, gap is in the defensive line. Uh, I really do think that they needed to develop a pass rush. I honestly thought that they uh, could get JJ Watt because that was, that was such a glaring hole in that defense. And he was just kind of the perfect guy to really piece it together. And they need a leadership guy on the defensive side. And I really thought JJ Watt was that guy. Uh, too but you know I digress and he signs for the Cardinals uh, but the thing about it is is that uh, the Raiders if they take an offensive player anywhere besides uh, anywhere below the sixth round they're making a mistake because the, uh, this offense is absolutely fine and this is a defense that has some glaring holes in not only in the talent uh, talent placement, but the disciplinary sides as well. A lot of penalties, a lot of uh, stupid mistakes that could really cost them drives and games when they would get the few stops that they could. And not to mention the fact that this is a division where you can't make a lot of mistakes. This is a chief side who is competing for a Super Bowl year in, year out. The Chargers are probably going to be on the rise, and the Broncos are no sloucher. They may be the Broncos may be the worst team in the division, but they're probably the best worst team in the division that you could find, especially in the AFC. So the Raiders, if if they really want to get into win now mode, which they clearly are in, they're really going to have to find uh, the pieces together to put it uh, together on decent defense. Got the Chargers up next offensive line PFF. Has a ranking system. A lot of people know it for every player on a scale of zero to 100. It's got to be 100 being the best. And then the Chargers offensive line does not have a single player on the O-line ranked above 70. They only had two ranked above 65. So it's not looking good there. Justin Herbert shocked me last year being as good as he turned out to be. So I think you got to protect him. And it's kind of one of those cases where it's a young quarterback and you're coming back to that classic cliche, protect your young quarterback. But that's what the Chargers need. 
Yeah, Connor. I mean, really, this is a roster, and we've talked about it several times. There is not really a glaring hole on this team. This is not a team with a lot of weaknesses. So bolster that O-line because that seems to be where you're more mellow. And, and outside of that, just add more depth, add more talent. This is a team that could have won so many more games last year if it hadn't been for little things. So just get those little things fixed with the players you've got because I look at so many, so many great players on this team, so many fantastic playmakers. Just You just got to cross your fingers and hope that new head coach is able to get the job done i his name is escaping me right now but I, I mean you hope that discipline in the final five minutes of games is better and because this is a team that is astonishingly talented for their record and, and not only that they need some special teams help i never thought i'd say that you need special teams help in a draft but this is a team that could honestly go and draft a kicker in the sixth round and i would be okay with it because uh, that's just one of their uh, glaring mishaps. I do agree. I think you need to take a offensive lineman in the first couple rounds. Um, I have them picking a uh, offensive lineman, uh, Tucker, out of USC. And then I have them picking Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round. Uh, I think uh, secondary is another thing that they could uh, possibly take advantage of and uh, get a little bit better especially with a division that's a pass heavy offense, you know, the Raiders, they have Derek Carr and some talented wide receivers and the chiefs as well. So uh, the secondary could always use a little bit of help. Hopefully Bosa will be back uh, a little bit better than he was last year. I think he, uh, he was injured for most of the year last year. Correct. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hopefully he can come back healthy and uh, have a little bit of a better year and possibly pressure the quarterback a little bit better. I couldn't remember if he just had a bad year or if he was out most of the year. I mean, the Chargers were 7-9 and nine last year. That's not that. In the NFC, that's that's playoff discussion. <laughs> so, I they mean, very I, easily could have been 12-4. and four. Mm-hmm. So, I think they can fill some positions – and add depth and they have a chance of being good but we'll have to see if they're classic same old chargers but let's take a quick break and we'll be right back have you ever wondered why everyone and their mother seems like they have a podcast today well it's probably because there's over a million podcasts a day alone and it continues to grow every single day and you've probably wondered how do i start a podcast and you've probably thought it's too expensive I don't have the equipment. It'll be too difficult. I just can't do it. Well, let me tell you, you're wrong. There's a platform called Anchor, and it's the simplest way to make a podcast. And I did some light background research for you. First off, it's free. There's creations tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Go make a podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. And we are back first in Moose going through every AFC team, giving our biggest needs. I'm Connor Taylor. With me is Mark Schoenster and Ethan Collins. Let's move into the AFC East Patriots. I got quarterback for their biggest need, but I'm not sure what they're going to do, if they're even going to try to fill it, if they're going to go back to Cam, do something else. I just don't think there's a ton of options per se. I mean, they need wide receiver help. Defense, it, it was kind of weird to think about the defense because they had those opt-outs where it's like, will those players come back and be good? I, I honestly don't know. So I think it's kind of a weird, it's going to be another weird year for the Patriots and we'll just have to wait and see. But I think quarterbacks a need, but I don't know if they're going to be rushing to fix that area. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they're going to rush to fix it. And so what I've got here is wide receiver because they desperately need some wide receivers. And then also I put in, in, in alluding to what you said, fill in the gaps when they come on defense, because this is a team that defensively could be top five in the NFL next season. If every player that opted out comes back and returns to 2019 form, 
because I mean, I don't know, maybe a year off, maybe you feel a lot fresher or maybe you're rusty or a combination of the two between each player. But regardless, defensively, I don't really know where they're going to have holes because I don't know which of these players are going to come back and look good. And guys like Dante Hightower, who are class, like like, like top class, top shelf in their positions. um, Will they look the same when they come back or if they come back? Maybe maybe they don't. I mean, who knows? Some of them may still be worried about COVID come the fall. Maybe some of them realize they don't need to play football anymore and they have enough money as it is. And they don't feel like getting beaten up again after a week or a year off. Um, We don't really know. And so that's something for Bill Belichick to know as the coach and general manager of the Patriots and to fill in the gaps in that spot. I ended up picking a quarterback in the first round. Um, It's a very weird complex. Um, I have them picking Justin Fields actually. Hmm. Um, because it, with actually the fifth, uh, the 15th pick, uh, because I think Justin Fields is really going to fall in this draft. And when it comes to them, they're going to be like, well, guys, Justin Fields is available here. Should we take him? I think we should. And they bring back cam and they make it a multi-year project to kind of move on from cam and go into straight into the Justin Fields era. I also have them picking Darius Stills. Because I think one of the glaring needs that they have in the Patriots is an interior defensive lineman. And uh, if you want a cheap uh, third or fourth round option that could uh, plug in a gap in your defensive line, I think Darius Stills is that guy. So I have them picking uh, two household names that we all know pretty well here uh, in Morgantown and Justin Fields and uh, Darius Stills. Well, I hope that that doesn't happen because I'd like to root for Darius Stills in the NFL. (laughs) <laughs> don't we all don't we all what makes you think that justin fields will, will drop that far ethan i don't uh i think he gets uh he he drops significantly in quarterback play when he plays from behind and if you're gonna pick a guy with your first four picks you're gonna be behind a lot and you're gonna need a big play I think Justin Fields only knows how to make big plays when he's leading in a game. And if, if you think I'm wrong, just go back and look at a whole bunch of the tapes because most of his great plays against Clemson were when they were ahead and they really had nothing to lose. Like they were up by a possession or two. His worst games were against Northwestern where he got bailed out by a good, great running game in Trey Sermon. He wasn't that great against Indiana. He almost – he basically threw away that game uh, to let Indiana come back into that game. And he wasn't that great in the national championship either. So, I think when it comes to the combine, he's not going to have a good combine. And he's just going to drop on big boards. Now, I guess you could say that he could go to the Carolina Panthers. I, I think that uh, that is a realistic possibility, but – Carolina Panthers have a big need in the tight end position. And that was the only uh, team that I saw taking the tight end out of Florida. So in that case, they just, it, it kind of is a draft day complex. I guess you could say like the movie draft day where everybody just kind of doesn't know why the first team didn't pick uh, Justin Fields or the uh, second or third overall pick. Everybody passed on him. So they just continue to pass on him in which case the Patriots capitalize on that and uh, they end up taking Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields can be successful in the NFL, but he's not a day one starter. Uh, I I don't even think he's a year one starter. I think he's a year two, year three guy. Let's move on to the Bills. And I think this is a another team that doesn't have a lot of, of glaring holes, to be honest. I couldn't think of where they exactly needed. I know the previous season they decided to go in on like defensive line and it didn't seem like it worked out much. So they could go there again, but I'm not sure they will. I thought possibly they could add a, a guy in the tight end room because their tight end names aren't, aren't big whatsoever. So I actually had tight end as one of my bigger needs, but to me, they don't have anything that I'm freaking out about right now. Yeah, Connor, I think that it, along the same lines, my worry is that a lot of the needs I see in the Bills were some of the things I was saying before last season. And uh, it was stopping the run, the defensive line. 
And then I wrote, maybe try another running back. You've drafted a running back two years in a row now, and they've been sort of the main guy at Devin Singletary last year. And then Zach Moss this past season. And maybe one of those two guys can make it work this next season, but you would love to have a little more consistency in the run game um, offensively and not have Josh Allen throw for 400 yards every single game. Um, You want to have more dimensions than that. And so maybe those are the guys that are your answers in that regard, or maybe you try and pull the trigger again, but this is a team that, I mean, they're in a weird spot because you could say on one side, they have the luxury of not doing well in this draft and still being fine, but also you want to be able to take that next step and compete with the Kansas city chiefs who unfortunately aren't going anywhere soon. So you might want to hit on the run stopping and the D line. And, and I think those are where you got to look because if you're going to stop Kansas city, you got to create some of that pressure and you got to be able to force them to go into the pass game, which will make them a little less flexible when they have to pass the ball. Yeah, I do have them picking a running back, but it's not until like about the fourth round. I have them picking Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon State. Um, but in the first two rounds, I have them actually going uh, uh, linebacker in the edge position and in the uh, uh, just straight up linebacker position. I think I do agree. I think they need some run stoppage. So it wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be too opposed to them getting like a D tackle. And uh, as far as rankings go, there, uh, there's not a D tackle that's in uh, the first 32 ranks. So they could take the number one interior defensive lineman in the draft and uh, possibly run away with that. So it, it's really up to the Bills on what they truly want to do because they don't really have a lot of options, especially in the first round of a player that's really going to make a huge difference in their franchise because once again, uh, we saw them kind of mess up in the draft last year, and uh, they were absolutely fine. It's just their uh, rookies and uh, players that they developed later, and adding uh, Stefan Diggs in free agency was a huge help. So it will be interesting to see how the Bills take the approach into this draft for sure. The Jets. Obviously, everything. there's a, there's there's a ton. You like you said everything. I mean, what 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 do you think is the biggest need? QB, wide receiver, defensive help. I mean, what is the biggest need, or do you think all of them are kind of equal? They just need so much right now. A GM, that's what they need. I mean, I think that offensively is where they need to focus. Defensively, they are actually not the worst, especially in the run defense. So if you want to look for defensive pieces, you're going to probably point to the secondary, but. I also think that their defense could be even better if their offense wasn't so absolutely terrible and giving the ball back over and over again. So anywhere you could find talent on the offensive half of the ball, um, I would expect them to draft a quarterback with that second pick um, and where they go with that remains to be seen. That's a, quite the discussion who is number two. Um, and, and then outside of that O-line. Then you want some, you, you want a running back. Your running back situation's not good. Then you look to wide receiver and then maybe you look to secondary. I think this is a team that needs an offensive makeover practically, like entirely just clean slate. There are some pieces you can keep, but outside of that, this is an offense that needs to make first downs at least. So then your defense can not be thrown out into the wasteland over and over again, where they're just in bad situation after bad situation run defense. They weren't bad actually. And that might just be because the past defense was so awful, but I think offensively is where they really need their help. Yeah, I tend to agree. I do have them going quarterback and, and picking up Zach Wilson. Uh, I think Zach Wilson is probably uh, one of the best quarterbacks. If, if we didn't have, probably one of the best quarterback prospects that we've had since probably Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence, that Zach Wilson would be by far and above the number one pick in this draft. But the fact of the matter is Trevor Lawrence is, is in this draft and this might not be the worst thing in the world for the jets to, uh, to have a guy in Zach Wilson uh, playing uh, from BYU. Now the question is, is that what can they get for Sam Darnold? Can you get a number, uh, a first overall pick? and uh, move him to possibly a contender, uh, an, an immediate contender, I guess you could say, like the Steelers or the Washington football team or possibly even the Denver Broncos. It, it, it all fluctuates on kind of what – whoever's going to offer them the best deal for Sam Darnold 
whoever's going to offer them a number, uh, a first round pick, I think will win the Sam Darnold sweepstakes. And uh, they'll probably fill those needs as it comes about in the draft. Um, like you said, other than quarterback, I do think they need a, a lot of help on the offensive line. Maybe not as much as they needed to, but they still need some offensive line help. And this is a deep, deep running back class. Like you could pick up a semi-decent running back in like the fifth round that can make an immediate impact on your team. So it's really up to the Jets. It's just a matter of is the GM going to make the right decisions? Are the crowds going to boo the GM and the Jets because they have made mistake after mistake in drafts year in year out. And it's getting honestly pretty pitiful (laughs) to be honest. So, because this is a draft where you could really rebuild your franchise to make, to make some good offensive talent. And I think maybe on that defensive side, you, you can hope that Robert Sala shores it up because I mean, what he's done with the 49ers has been amazing and last year it was it was honestly you could argue was a better job with the injuries of him figuring stuff out there so maybe he shows that side up and dives into getting as much talent as possible on the offensive side the dolphins an area that felt like they feel like they can be contenders they can make that jump and i think a lot of people agree that it's it's in the wide receiver area that you could put help around Tua if you know they aren't able to go with a trade with Deshaun Watson. I think it's it's wide receiver. They have options in the draft, options in free agency, and I think if they make that step, hopefully Tua can make the step also. Yeah, Connor. I think that it, their needs depend on who is their starting quarterback because either a you have Tua, number one is still receivers. Either way, you want another wide receiver. And then if you have Tua, the next step is you want to bolster the offensive line some more. You want to give him the cleanest pocket you can find. And then you work on a running back. If you get Deshaun Watson, a serviceable O-line will do, give him another weapon behind him and running back. So depending on which person ends up being the starter, Deshaun Watson has, uh, has narrowed it down to the Panthers, Jets, and the Dolphins. Uh, I think that varies. But ultimately, this is a team that defensively it's pretty stout and it's even to the point where guys like Kyle Van Noy are just getting released, which is pretty crazy to me. Um, so you just want to bolster that offensive half of the ball. And uh, I mean, if nothing else, helping the O-line is always a good safe way to go and will make your offense better without you realizing it. I, I tend to agree. Uh, the only thing about it is, is that we keep, you know, we keep talking about this, like the dolphins are going to get Deshaun Watson. And, and we, uh, I guess we just don't know that. I think they're in the best position to pick up Deshaun Watson, but at the same time, if they trade for him, they're not picking in the first round, especially in this draft. I, I think they got to give up both of their first round picks in this draft uh, to even have a chance at Deshaun Watson. So Outside of the first round, I think probably one of the better wide receivers in this draft is Tyler Wallace. And he's a guy that you could pick up in the second or even the third round. So you give Deshaun Watson another weapon to throw to, and then you look at running backs. Like I say, this is a this is a deep, deep running back class. Like you could get Jared Patterson in the fourth round out of Buffalo. And there's your power running back. You could get Chupa Hubbard in the third round, and there's your uh, hybrid running back. So uh, it's really going to depend on do the Dolphins want to go with Tua and fine tune their offensive line and possibly get a wide receiver with that uh, 20th pick, or you could even get the best wide receiver in the draft in Jamar Chase. But the fact of the matter is, is I don't think they want Tua anymore. And I think they want Deshaun Watson, in which case that they're going to really have to go deep into the later rounds, really finding the talent to build around Deshaun Watson. Heading to the AFC South, let's get over with that. The Houston Texans, my oh my, a team counselor could be an answer, to be honest. They need so much there. I mean, everything on defense, they allowed the highest passer rating in the league. Who knows what's going to happen with Watson? Watt got to leave. I mean, what, what, what are your takeaways from this whole situation? I mean, there's their biggest need is just probably organizational help. 
Yeah, I mean, you can't really draft that, unfortunately. But, I mean, if we're going to go along the lines, I think the first thing you want to do is fix that terrible line. I mean, if the Bengals aren't the worst offensive line in the NFL, it's probably the Texans. And so, especially the guards, you really need some help with your guard positions. You need a quarterback because it's not Deshaun Watson. You need to come to accept that. Wide receivers could be helpful. And then now with J.J. JJ Watt gone, you need an anchor on defense. This is a defense that's not terrible, and they have some decent players, but you don't have the guy, and you just lost him. So you probably could use some help there. But, I mean, this is all remiss if organizationally they're still the same Texans team in five years. They'll be in the same spot, and they will forever be in that spot until there's a big culture shift. Yeah, the, this is a franchise that's really going to have to start from square one, if we're being honest. This this Texans franchise is really going to hurt uh, the, over the next couple of years. They're going to be in serious rebuild mode, and uh, it's going to show. They're, I have, I'm going to have them as uh, possibly the worst team in the NFL next year, and uh, I, I don't really think that's a particularly hot take if I were to say that, because even if they keep Deshaun Watson, I don't think he's going to play. I, I really just think that he will sit out until he gets traded. And that's really not what you want as a franchise. So they're going to have to find some trade. And, you know, what a mess this this franchise is in this draft. They don't have a first-round pick. So they're going to have to uh, keep that in mind. Um, and they're really not going to have a lot of time to plan things out in the draft because – they're trying to move Deshaun Watson in pieces and as much draft picks as they can. So like I say, start from square one, hope, hopefully things can work out in uh, the future for them. Probably is the worst situation in the NFL right now. And it doesn't look like it's getting better. Right. Like you said, Ethan, the Indianapolis Colts, I thought it was quarterback. They filled it with Carson Wentz. Or your takeaways, Mark? We haven't got to talk about it yet on the the podcast since we took a, a month off. But what do we think the pros, the cons of it? Uh, who won the trade? Um, well, I think this is a trade where really um, either there's no harm, no foul, or both are winners because I hadn't realized there was such a thing as a conditional first-round pick uh, the way this trade is structured. And so if Carson Wentz is the, the starter – from day one and proves to be good then the colts can give away a first round pick and fine we gave away a first round pick we found our franchise guy if it doesn't work out you bench him before you get to the 75 percent snaps on the season and you give away a second round pick and say oh well we we took a gamble it didn't work at least we only gave away a second round pick we didn't give away a first Uh, i think this is a situation where both teams benefit because the eagles are really trying to get rid of carson wentz and so i think they're lucky to even have the opportunity to get a first round pick and the colts are happy to pull this trigger they're looking for the guy to finally have at least two straight years uh in the frank reich offense and this is a guy who's also familiar with frank reich like philip rivers was so I'm fine with it. I think it's interesting. I don't have super high expectations for Carson Wentz, but I think Carson Wentz could be decent next season. And uh, I I think that's really nice. And so uh, moving on to the Colts needs, uh, I think the big thing that the Colts have proud them have been proud of themselves with the past two seasons have been the offensive line and Anthony Costanzo probably isn't coming back. He, he really got himself brutally hurt. Um, so we need a left tackle. We need to keep that offensive line top shelf, top class. Cause I think that's something that this team relies on heavily in the run game and the passing game is having a good offensive line. And then the Colts could use an edge rusher and maybe a cornerback, but outside of that, then you can just bolster talent, uh, try to help Carson Wentz, maybe get a wide receiver if T Y Hilton leaves. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how that all pans out. But I, I think that those are the needs the Colts have right now. Any other needs that you think they need besides, you know, they fill the quarterback position, Ethan? I mean, to tell you the truth, I honestly thought that the wide receiver uh, hole was a little bit bigger, but I'll I'll trust uh, Mark's judgment over mine in all honesty. In the offensive line, I do think they need a left tackle. Um, I actually had them picking a wide receiver in the first round. I believe I had them picking uh, the wide receiver from 
Florida. Yes, yes, I did. I have them picking Tony in the first round and then not going to an offensive lineman until the uh, third round and picking James Hudson out of Cincinnati. Um, I also had them going with uh, Elijah Molden from Washington in the 55th pick. So uh, I, I, I really do think that this is a team where I could just sit back and say, you know, I don't really know what I'm talking about because uh, the GMs know what they're talking about in Indianapolis. And that's a really good position to be in when you can just sit back and let your uh, front office do the work for you. And uh, they know what's best for the squad and trust them uh, that they know what the, what's best for the team. The Tennessee Titans have got edge rusher. The defense only got 19 sacks during the regular season. It shattered their previous franchise low mark of 31 sacks in a regular season. They tried to fill it, didn't work out, ended up being a bunch of no names at the end of the season. And I think there's there's options for them. So hopefully they're able to fill it because they they need they need it, honestly. Yeah, this should be a, a an offseason focus entirely on defense because that Titans offense is a well-oiled machine. Even if you don't have a super – oh, actually, never mind. That's not even true. I totally forgot about A.J. Brown. This is a team that's got great receivers, a good all-line, a fantastic running back, and a quarterback that makes it all work in Ryan Tannehill. You just need to go to the defensive side and prioritize it by pass rush or just front four in general. Then you can go back and think about maybe boosting your linebackers and then maybe add a piece or two in the secondary. Uh, I, I think it goes in that order, though. You want to start up front because that's where you really need the help. And, I mean, you're right. I mean, they need some pass rush desperately because that hurt them this past season. Yeah, I have been picking two uh, defensive linemen that could uh, help in the pass rush in the um, first two rounds. And then I have them picking Trey Norwood in the uh, fourth round to help with secondary. So I, I really do think that this is a, uh, a team that uh, I guess you could say is a grind out win team. They're not going to look, it's not going to look pretty. It ain't going to look smooth, but boy, does it get the job done. And they're just, they're just going to ride that Derrick Henry train until he can't, uh, until he can't run no more. Final team today for the AFC Jacksonville Jaguars and they need quarterback, and luckily they have a generational-type quarterback falling in their laps right now. So I think it's quarterback. Uh, what other positions do you think they need? I know they need a lot, but what do you think besides quarterback is it is a need? Uh, I think they need some defensive tackles. I think they need some help at the anchor spot of the defense. There's some talent on their defense, but it's just not all coming together. And I think if you can get a reliable guy at the defensive tackle spot, then you would be better off. Then you focus on the secondary and then also think about bolstering that offensive line out of all of the teams that are getting a new quarterback. The Jaguars are not one of the worst off teams when it comes to their O-line, but uh, I mean, tried and true method, add to your O-line, protect your guy. And that's, that's never a bad option. That is never a dumb decision to get offensive linemen. It's boring. It's lame. A lot. It's not attractive, but it is always a good move. I mean, when you have a once in a lifetime franchise quarterback, you want to protect him, right? And that's exactly what I, uh, I have them doing as well. Um, we should not forget that the Jaguars, not only do they have like the first pick in the draft, they have a lot of picks in this draft because this is the draft where the Jalen Ramsey trade starts coming in. They have made so many trades and I believe they have almost, I, I think they have almost 10 picks in this draft over 10. And that's a huge mindset. And really you could just get young guys that can protect Trevor Lawrence and, uh, be role players and you have so much cap space that you could go into free agency and get the stars for Trevor Lawrence to throw to. You could get Robinson from Chicago. You could go get a, a, a shiny new defensive lineman in free agency. This is a team. This is why urban Meyer picked this job because though it doesn't look good uh, from what they've done last year, this is a team that is set up for success as long as they make the right decisions in the future. Like I said, ton of cap space and a ton of picks in the draft. I really do think that the, the Jacksonville Jaguars can really be a divisional contender in two to three years. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our biggest needs for every 
AFC team. We'll be back next week with the NFC teams filling out their biggest needs and heading into the offseason. This has been First and Moose, Connor Taylor, Mark Schoenster, Ethan Collins. Thank you for listening, whether on the air, on U92, or any podcast platform. We will catch you next week. 